So as we've been we've been looking at what's happening with Donald Trump and the the trade war, if you will, uh, what's happening in North Korea, South Korea, China, there might be a real method to his madness here that seems to be working. He's been known as a counterpuncher when it comes to domestic politics. You hit him, he hits you twice as hard. But when it comes to foreign policy, his uh, his strategy seems to be more akin to, I'm going to punch you hard first, and then we'll talk about it. There are two kinds of people who hate this sort of approach. Uh, those who follow the stock market and those who follow foreign policy. And the biggest reason for this is the fear of the unpredictable you you want to be unpredictable as a president but a predictable unpredictability is preferred we have to know that things are stable if stockbrokers and money managers can't predict the future you end up seeing what's currently happening on the dow and that is one day it's down 700 points the next day it's back up 600 and yesterday went back down over 300 and much of this has to do with trump's new trade policy is he pushing for tariffs or is it some sort of negotiating tactic what's he doing i've always said that i've wanted a president that had a twitchy eye but not, not one that, you know, the good guys didn't understand. But he's got a twitchy eye and everybody is looking at him going, I, I don't know. He just might do this. Now, the same questions are being asked between nation states and men and women in foreign policy circles. For the first time in, oh, I don't know, decades at least, the world has absolutely no idea what we're doing in Asia. The once predictable United States has suddenly become unpredictable. And that is scaring the crap out of countries like China, South Korea, Japan, and most of all, North Korea. It's kind of good. If you happen to be in a boat right now and you're cruising across the Pacific, go out on the top deck. If the wind is coming from the west, that smell you might be smelling can only be described as one thing, and that is fear. Fear has both China and North Korea wondering what the heck they're going to do next. On Monday, an armed train left North Korean capital. It was granted unprecedented entry into China on its way to Beijing. Military and police escort accompanied the entire way. And at the same time, all the news regarding North Korea was immediately censored on Chinese news and on the Internet. It was a total and complete blackout. This wouldn't be able to happen in the United States, but you have two communist countries. So what's going on here? Well... As you watch, perhaps a lot. As the train pulled out of Beijing yesterday, the news leaked that Kim Jong-un himself had crept out of his hermit hole and made his first ever foreign visit. Now, I don't think it was because he said, you know what, I want to see China. I have a feeling it was China that said, get your butt here now. What made him do it? Such a dramatic and secretive trip? What made the president of China accept this highly unprecedented visit at this point of time? One word, and that is fear. Fear of the unknown. Fear of what's coming next. It's causing some seriously dramatic changes in Asia. North Korea has agreed to meet the U.S. president for the first time ever. 
They have no idea whether they're coming or going. And at the same time, sanctions are crippling the country. China is realizing that they're putting on, they've been put on the sidelines as a potential U.S.-North Korea agreement. And they're kind of freaking out. At the same time, Trump's tariffs are being used to corner China into some sort of agreement that they don't like. While all of this is going down, the U.S. just finalized a trade deal with South Korea that keeps a South Korean tariff on steel in place, upholds a standing tariff on South Korean trucks, and it opens the auto market in the country for Ford and General Motors. In trade terms, this is equivalent of, you know, dunking on your opponent, shattering the, the backboard, and then landing on top of the guy you just dunked on. I have that one right, Stu? In, in some ways, you do. That's close for me. <laughs> we have said we're going to criticize the president when he's wrong. And there's plenty to criticize. But acknowledge the times when he's doing things that are working. And so far, I don't know what it means for the future. But right now, the punch first, negotiate later strategy appears to be working. Now, let's see what the future holds. It's Wednesday, March 28th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So what do you think, Stu? What do you think? What do you think is happening? You know, with the North Korea part of it? Yeah, the North Uh, Korea, the China, the South Korea. I mean, you know, the North Korea thing is is it's obviously too too early to tell. I mean, yes, the president's been tough on North Korea and it may show some good results. We don't know. I mean, you know, all of their biggest missile tests and nuclear tests have happened under this tougher policy. Mm -hmm. So it's it's hard to know, you know, if it stops for a long time. It's very consistent with what they've done with past presidents, which is inflame, 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 negotiate, 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 repeat. But you don't think I mean, I think Kim Jong Un was was summoned to China. I think he was told, get on your old fashioned timey, you know, steam train <laughs> and uh, and get here. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously speculation, uh, you know, where that's kind of all you can do with this sort of thing. It was speculation that whether he was even there or not for most of the media, which is such a strange thing. They're like, "Why? Hey, there's a really old train that pulled into China. I <laughs> wow. think it must be him. Who else would take a long, old, crappy train? <laughs> and it turned out to be true. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Right. With that stuff. Um you know, it's a, uh, it, you know, you hope for the best. I think a lot of these things have uh, long-term uh, questions on them. And I think, yeah, I the, think the most of the people in the White House are aware of that. Yeah, you know, the, they, they know who they're talking to. The long-term is, uh, you know, what happens if you turn the world against you, you know? Uh, and so you have to, you have to be careful, but... Donald Trump is right on one thing, and that is we've been we've been played by the rest of the world for a long time. You know, we've been taken advantage of, I think, uh, for a long time. We have we have also taken advantage ourselves. Yeah, it's worked out fairly well for yeah. the lone superpower in the world. Yes, you know. Yes, uh, but uh, we're we're very predictable, and everybody knows how to play us because the State Department has been run basically with the same kind of ideas. Since the, uh, you know, since World War Two, really. Yeah. And only Ronald Reagan broke that. He broke with the um, with the uh, State Department. Now, Donald Trump is breaking it as well. 
And it could work out really well for the United States. It also, because he is also taking on our allies, it also may not work out so well in, in the long run. But it's refreshing to see a new, new approach. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, that the new approach is being executed largely by former Bush officials, right? It's just kind of interesting. He surrounded himself with very establishment foreign policy types, which has worked out it's pretty well. really the Bush team. Yeah, it really is. Uh, or, or, you know, off that Bush tree, for yeah. sure. Um, but again, you know, they're competent people. I mean, I, you know, we've praised a lot of those appointments. They've, they've been really solid uh, in that realm. Um, and, you know, Bolton coming in, I think, is, is, is positive. I think, you know, we like, uh, you know, uh, the, the new Secretary of State. Uh, we've, you know, we lo- obviously, Mattis, uh, we've been very positive on. So I, I think the difference is, do you remember when George Bush said shock and awe? Shock and awe is coming. Full force and might of the United States of America is coming. And so we all gathered around the television and we were all a little worried about what is coming. And then we saw it and we went, that's it. There's no that, way to live up to that buildup. There's was no there? way. No. no, the full force and might of the United States of America. You expect, you know, we've all seen the footage of the yeah. big mushroom clouds. We yeah. know what that is. And I don't believe that that's what we no. were looking for. But we not. were looking for something a little a little more than what we saw. Um, and I'm sure it was a little different on the receiving end than it was for us sitting in our living rooms watching it going, I don't know what's on Channel four. <laughs> um, so uh, so. Uh, but but if Donald Trump said the full force and might of the United States and it's going to be shock and awe, I think people around the world will look at that differently. You know, I think people around the world would go, he, 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 he might launch nukes. And that is something that, you know, when your back is against the wall, you don't ever want to bluff. But you you want people to question whether or not you will do it. You want to have enough credibility to say, I'm I'm going in this direction and people to believe you. Now, the, the one the one thing that you need to uh, to do crazy things in today's world is to be a little bit crazy or to be known as a little bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, deterrence only works when you believe the other side might do it. Uh, to quote the great documentary, Spies Like Us, uh, a weapon unused is a useless weapon. Uh, and it's like if you are if you don't ever get to the point where you think the other side will ever pull the trigger on it. I mean, look at the red line stuff with Syria. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the reason why Obama was so ineffective on foreign policy is nobody believed he'd ever do anything mm-hmm. other than an occasional drone strike mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it, no one believed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know no, they believed Reagan. You know they mm-hmm. believed Trump. I think they believed Trump I think they might believe do Trump. something. I think they believe Trump more than Reagan. I think they fear uh, the uh, the outer bounds of what's possible with Trump. Right where where with Reagan, I think they believed nuclear war. I mean, I, I think they believed I, he was he he used it as a deterrent, but they believed he would use it as a deterrent. Here's the difference. I think I think, and I could be wrong. I think the world looked at Ronald Reagan, some, the left, looked at him as a crazy man, but the right looked at him as a righteous warrior. You know what I mean? Somebody who said communism is evil and it's going to be destroyed. And so they knew 
They knew what he believed in the core of his being. It was an ideological fuel. Correct. Mm-hmm. And there was that fuel that would, would not ever go out, and he would not allow it to be extinguished. And if he was pushed into a corner, that's what was going to drive him. I think the world looks at Donald Trump as uh, pro-American, mm-hmm. but just nuts enough. To be able to do it. it is, unlike Ronald Reagan, it was an ideological thing. Yeah, this is it's a- not an ideological thing with with Donald Trump. He believes in America and he wants America to be great and, and to win. But it's not. This is clearly evil. This is clearly good. He's just that is what I want. And that's what I'm going to take. And 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 so you don't know what you, you don't really know what's driving him. Does that make sense to you? Do you think that's accurate I think that's or not? how the world sees it. And I think they see it, too, as, you know, they they definitely play to his ego a lot. And I think that's a standard thing the media does. For example, the New York Times goes in there and compliments him 500 times and gets all these quotes out of him when they have these interviews. And they, you know, that they that is a something we've seen from world leaders consistently. Mm-hmm. They've they've consistently tried to frame Trump in, in winning these battles um, because they think that will well, lead to better treatment from from the administration. Um, and I think that's largely been, you know, probably proven true. Uh, but still, you know, I, that's what I think he wants. Yeah. And I and I, I will tell you, I think this is what the average person wants. Um, if you yeah, watch. I think if, that's true. If you watch the average American, I should say. Yes. I don't think the average. Uh, no, South Korean probably not yeah. as much on that. Um, but uh, if you watch last night, if you saw Roseanne. Yeah. Uh, and now, I don't know how a woman who actually called for the, I think, beheading or hanging, <laughs> seriously <laughs> called for the hanging of all of the bankers, um, a devout communist. I don't know how she's allowed to be on TV again, but she she took on her Roseanne character last night. And I think she actually spoke to the American people, both left and right and vocalized. Can we play the clip, Sarah? That is where she's talking to her sister and she says, you know, look, he talked about jobs and that was really important. That's uh, yeah. And Roseanne on why she voted for Trump. Yeah. How could you have voted for him? Roseanne? He talked about jobs, Jackie. He said he'd shake things up. I mean, this might come as a complete shock to you, but we almost lost our house the way things are going. Have you looked at the news? Because now things are worse. Not on the real news. Oh, please! You just can't stand for anybody to have their own opinions about anything. Can you? So you tell them how stupid they are all the time, and you get them to question what they believe in their heart is the right thing to do until they make some enormous mistake that tears America apart and brings the world to the brink of nuclear apocalypse. So I'm guessing this isn't about Becky's eggs anymore. You kept saying what a disaster it would be if she got elected and how I wasn't seeing the big picture and how everything was rigged. And then I go into the booth and I voted for Jill Stein. (laughs) Who's Jill Stein? Some doctor. You did such a good job of making me doubt myself and feel so stupid that I choked, which helped get him elected. Well, the important thing is that you voted. (laughs) It is. This is an amazing thing. Here's an avowed socialist, really almost communist, who is is in real life pro Donald Trump. 
It's a weird bed, <laughs> bedfellow, but she is speaking the words that the media doesn't understand. When she was sitting at, at that table in that kitchen of the Connors that we've all grown up seeing, when she was sitting at that table and she said, you know, we almost lost our house. That was one of the most important lines, I think, of the entire show, because a lot of people listened to this and they were watching it last night and went, damn right. They don't understand how close to the edge we really are. So every business needs great help and great help is out there. Now, how do you find that person? If you are a small business and you are looking for, you know, just somebody who's going to help you transform your business and just keep it on the right track. It's really hard. ZipRecruiter is there and they have a smarter way. They built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you. It learns what you're looking for. It identifies the people with the right experience and then invites them to apply to your job. Now, these invitations have revolutionized the way people find their next hire. 80% of employers um, who are looking for somebody, ZipRecruiter gets a quality candidate through the site in the first day. Now, they even spotlight the strongest applications that you receive so you never miss a great match. It Again, it learns what you're looking for and then tries to match you up. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes, from your size to a Fortune 100 company. Immediate results right now. Post your jobs for free with ZipRecruiter at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Use it today. Find the right person. Try it out for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Jack Barsky is uh, going to be joining us here in a second. Jack Barsky is a is is really a Russian spy lived here in the United States for a long time. He's an amazing life, just an amazing life. Um, and he lived really the life of the the uh, FX show, the uh, the Americans. In fact, he consulted on that for a while, uh, which premieres again tonight. I think it's its final season tonight. If you haven't watched the Americans, I love it. I love it. First season is like, okay, I got it. You can have sex. I got it. <laughs> that was um, what they wanted to prove with the yeah, first season. Yeah, I think so. Like, and then they people... were like, and then people actually got interested in the storyline. And so they're like, okay, we don't have to do sex all the time. That is seemingly what a lot of series it do. It really is. They suck you in with the sex yeah. and violence early seasons. Right. Um, and it just gets to be really, really smart and and uh, good and and really takes you through the 1980s in a show in a way that I, I haven't seen done before. But anyway, that's uh, that's premiering tonight. Jack Barsky is going to be on with us because I don't know if you saw this. Do you remember when I said that um, the the uh, hyperspeed weapons yeah. are uh, I thought was a was a the Russians playing us just like Ronald Reagan played Russia with Star Wars. We didn't have laser weapons. Do they have hypersonic weapons? They say yes. Interesting story came out yesterday that China is now saying that they have hypersonic weapons as well. So the story that I read from from the, you know, uh, military industrial complex was they have them and 
it's an arms race and we are way behind on hypersonic weapons mm. that's exactly what happened during the 1980s that collapsed the soviet union is this real or is this a replay of ronald reagan in reverse on us with russia and now china jack barsky next glenn back mercury This is the Glenn Beck Program. Jack Barsky, now an American, was born in East Germany right after World War II, and he was recruited by the KGB when he was a college student to become a spy. He spent 10 years as an undercover agent in the United States starting in 1978. He was a Soviet spy based in New York City, where he was watching the final days of the Cold War um, unfold here in the United States. Even as a KGB spy, uh, his life has taken a few unexpected turns. He severed his relationship with the KGB in 1988 and pursued a corporate career in information technology. He was finally captured by the FBI in 1997. He's been on 60 Minutes. He has a new book called Deep Undercover, My Secret Life and Tangled Allegiances. As a KGB spy in America, Jack, welcome back to the program. How are you? Well, thanks for having me back. Uh, I'm good. Before we start, this, uh, allow me to, to volunteer something. I've been uh, in Germany and Poland for the last three weeks, and I found a species that is increasingly rare in the United States. Journalist. Journalist. <laughs> 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 what are you hearing? You're in Poland now, are you not? I am in Warsaw, yes. Yeah. What are you what are you seeing the difference in news reporting? Well, they ask intelligent questions. They are informed. You know, I don't get blank stares when I mention some names of the past. Uh and uh and and I think there's there's more real interest in what's going on in the world and this of course in Europe. Yeah. Uh they uh, they have a different geography and so forth, so there's an explanation why Americans are uh, naval gazers to some extent. But but the level of ignorance that I've encountered uh, in the United States with regard to what's going on right now in, in this world is is astounding and it's scary. So, Jack, let me ask you a couple of questions because I think you would have you know some really good insight on the mind of Putin and Russia and what they're really doing. With the attack on um, the uh, the UK, bringing that particular weapon in, so it's it's known that it had to be uh, Putin. What should the response be? And the response has been to kick out, you know, ambassadors and spies. Is is that good enough? What should we be doing? And how is Putin going to respond? Well. Um... I beg to differ with your premise that it's known that it had to be Putin. It's a it's a reasonable conclusion that it somehow leads in the direction of Russia. Whether that's Putin himself, I doubt very much. Uh, that that just doesn't make any sense. Why? Uh, and there, why? Yeah. <clears throat> um, think about why why would this guy be killed at this point and why would Putin concentrate on him personally? Uh, we don't know any of that. This is all speculation. 
you know, this is there's a possibility that somebody is, was trying to give him a present or something like that. Uh, but it, Putin wants to be seen as a statesman, as a you know, as a player on the international scene. Uh, there's no good reason for him to go after this guy. That known reason, I, I'm saying. So, so um, this what, what bothers me about this whole situation that uh, is that the politicians all over the world uh, are, are competing with each other uh, to be more anti-Russian. Uh, and that's based on very often based on internal politics. You know, I'm I'm more Russian, anti-Russian than you. Uh, that's a dangerous path to travel down when you when you subject foreign policy to politics that is emotionally charged to begin with. That's my real problem here. Whether it was Putin or not, I'm sorry. Uh, that's the, the real big deal is how the West is acting and reacting. And now I'm coming to your question. Uh, I I believe that this is standard operating procedure in a situation like that. When you think somebody did something wrong, you know you expo- you you uh, let a few of the known spies, the diplomats that are uh, that are undercover, uh, but actually spies, you let them go, and 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 then the other side retaliates. And when does it stop? Uh, I don't. I, that's a question for you. I'm not sure. War. <laughs> I don't. I don't know either. The point being, though, uh, you know, when when I when I look back, and people can have uh, different opinions about Ronald Reagan, but Ronald Reagan dealt with the mighty Soviet Union in a different manner than than we do right now, uh, de- dealing with a Russian. He he projected a quiet, focused strength. We don't get this out of the White House. We don't get this out of Congress. And in Europe, they're also, you know, uh, they are red with rage. But you know, we need to we need to band together as the West and and show exactly what Reagan did in those in in, in the eighties. So, Jack, l- let me ask you: If Putin is playing the same game that Reagan played on us with this with this hypersonic weapon, there's no evidence that that exists. There's calls now for a new arms race. They say China is now on this hypersonic yeah, weapon. Yeah, uh, is yeah. is this uh, the Ronald Reagan Star Wars play, or do you think they have this? I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, technology uh, makes incredible leaps, and, and I, I think I think it's a bluff. But that doesn't mean that in a few years uh, some such weapon w- won't exist. All the more important is that as much as we have differences amongst other uh, uh, these nations, us and China and us and, and Russia, all the more important it is to to find a way to coexist because one thing is clear, neither the Russians nor the Chinese are suicidal maniacs. That... Uh, belongs to that label belongs to the Koreans and and the Iranians. Uh, we need to find a way to sit down and 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 don't uh, uh, deliberately or accidentally blow up the world. So, uh, we were just talking about um, China and North Korea yesterday. China um, uh, announced that it was Kim Jong Un that went to North uh, went to China on that old fashioned steam train and. Uh, and they were talking. This is uh, a sign, perhaps, that uh, Donald Trump is pushing Asia into a corner and saying, look, you're going to have to deal with this because we're not going to put up with it anymore. Do you see this as a good thing or a bad thing? 
It sounds like you know a good thing since the Chinese president said that uh, that they that they are committed to denuclearizing Asia. Well, the, I'm not sure why why this would you know would just the the words would make any difference. They could possibly mean it. As I said, they're not they're not suicidal maniacs. The Chinese, the the, the Korean, you don't know what's in this guy's head. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but he he clearly is dependent on China and his, the entire existence of that country. And uh, it, it appears that he also doesn't want to die. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so you know, Jack, this is a weird So, Jack, let, let, me, let me go back to um, Russia for just a second. You and I both uh, uh, agree that Russia is a giant threat. Russia sees, Putin in particular, sees the end of the Cold War um, in a different way than than we see it. He thinks that it is the biggest tragedy of the 20th century is the Soviet Union collapse. Um, Correct. Uh, he, is, he is funding, or people around him are funding uh, radical groups uh, all around the world. He is infiltrating uh, our press, etc., etc., and and pushing things out on social media. What should we be doing, Jack? I have only one answer that may not be the may not be the only existing answer, but it's a it's a really good answer, I believe. You're familiar with the Magnitsky Act? Yes. Okay. We we need to we need to uh, 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 freeze assets of known wrongdoers, evildoers, because that's what they're most afraid of. You know, here's the bottom line: if if you if you're an autocrat, if if you are one of the oligarchs, you know you're somewhat on borrowed time. You know, the, the tables might turn, and then you, then all you have left is your savings. If your savings are blocked, that's not a good thing. You so, know, so somebody said, I heard an expert say the other day that this actually may work into Putin's favor because um, he's trying to repatriate all of that cash and bring these oligarchs back into the fold. If they're blocked by the West... Uh, they have no place to go but home. Yeah, bring it back and stash it as what? As gold or diamonds? You know, I'm I'm not a finance expert. I don't know how that would work. But uh, yeah, yeah, on the world scene, uh, there's a there's a lot of things that that you probably know even more about than I do. Uh, but clearly, uh, if you remember this this uh, Visonetskaya, the 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 the, the lawyer that sought an audience and got an audience with the Trump mm-hmm. uh, folks, she was pushing that for sure. So yes. it hurt there somehow. Did, did, you, did you hear, unfortunately, it wasn't covered very well, the, the Browder testimony? Mm, I'm not sure. Uh, Browder, who, who wrote this book, uh, read, uh, uh, now I forgot the book, he's the... He's the uh, grandson of uh, Earl Browder, who was the head of the Communist Party of the USA, and he made a lot of money in the United States. And he was responsible. Magnitsky was his attorney. He made a lot of money in Russia. Mm. Uh, and, and, and Magnitsky was his attorney who was, who was killed by... He's the, guy, he's the guy who really f- put the Magnitsky Act uh, together. He, uh, that is correct. Yeah, he's been and on he our show. He's been, yeah, he's great. Okay, so you know him, yes. and, and he's awesome. And I'm, I was, I was really disappointed that he didn't get more play, the, uh, both yeah. the, by the Senate as well as in the media. 
Uh, Jack, one last question. We got to go. Um, the Americans premiere tonight, kind of the life you uh-huh. led. Uh, how accurate is that from the 1980s Soviet spies? Obviously, I've been asked this question many times, uh, and I changed my answer a little bit. When you look at the scenes, scene by scene, what they depict is almost everything could have probably did happen, except not in that concentration by one couple. They are probably a distillation of a thousand different spies. Uh, It's impossible for somebody to kill a bunch of people one week and then smuggle out uh, uh, nerve gas and (laughs) and and on top of it they do some things that uh, that secret undercover agents don't do they run around with wigs on their head and and they have a direct contact with their handler in the country no 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 Uh, but it's as as realistic as I've seen uh, portrayed in movies or on TV so the way that they well done the way that they do, uh, and I think it was Red Sparrow, which I haven't seen, but the way they portray their training um, uh, in Red Sparrow and in this, is that what spy college was like over in the old Soviet Union? Not at all. Uh, I, I was trained one-on-one. I'd never met somebody else. Uh, and some of my training was quite inadequate. And, you know, picking out people as children and, and raising them that way, there's a lot of... There's a lot of things around this 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 show that that is fiction, uh, and but it's the greatest show ever because I was uh, last year I was there on the show as an extra. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jack. God bless you. And, okay. and uh, when do you return back to the United States? Uh, in middle of April. Okay. Good luck over there, and uh, let us know when you come back. I'd love to hear some some of the tales that you have uh, brought back. Okay, God bless you too, sir. Bye. Jack Barsky, former Soviet spy, author, deep undercover. From hurricanes to cyber warfare to terror, every American needs a plan to get through an emergency, and it's more urgent than ever. The federal government came out in December and said they cannot provide proper emergency management. That's kind of a problem. The best place to start storing food is um, my Patriot Supply. I mean, it, my folks used to do this. My grandparents used to do this. They used to can. And it wouldn't last 25 years, but at least you'd have a season's worth. Everybody in your household now can have a four-week emergency food kit that is only $99. They're shipped for free, discreetly to your door. They last 25 years. They're really, really good. It's small. I mean, we used to have a fruit cellar that had everything, you know, in in uh, jars lined up. Scary as hell, fruit cellar. Oh, I remember my mom said, "Will you go downstairs and get some corn?" No, mom, please don't make me go down to the scary basement. Do this now, and uh, you can order your food kit for an amazing price at eight hundred two hundred seventy one sixty three, or online at preparewithglenn.com. Emergency food from my Patriot Supply. When you are prepared, you're ready to go. 1-800-200-7163. 1-800-200-7163. A great deal right now. Four-week food supply. Preparewithglenn.com. Glenn Beck Mercury.
Glenn Beck. It's really interesting to hear Barsky's take. I, I disagree with him uh, on Russia, but then I wonder why. Why do I disagree? I take the word of England and the, you know, MI6. I take it at face value. And then I start thinking, wait a minute. Why is the press doing that? The press is usually very skeptical of intelligence reporting. We've been told over and over again that Bush lied. It was Especially when it comes to chemical weapons and weapons of mass destruction. I know. I mean, because Bush had far more intelligence than we have. Tony Blair. Yeah, they had Tony Blair out there every day. And again, the intelligence largely proved to be incorrect. But still here, we have basically what we have is this chemical weapon has its genesis in Russia. It only made in Russia. Only made in Russia. So we believe it came from somewhere in Russia. Mm-hmm. And we believe we understand the structure of Russia well enough to know that this sort of thing probably wouldn't happen without Putin's express approval mm-hmm. uh, and a demand. So I still believe it. I still believe it. But why is the media so instant in their belief of the intelligence? I think it's because of their hatred for Donald Trump. They've been trying to make Trump look weak on Russia. Right. Uh, and uh, this helps them in that cause, I guess. I guess. Is that it? I mean, they didn't believe Tony Blair. No. They didn't believe well, that Bush. Hurt. They and that hurt Bush, right? Right, right. So, is man, it is, it, is, mm. it, is it that simple? Is it that evil, quite honestly? Mm. Glenn Beck, Mercury. Love, courage, truth. Glenn Beck. In the New York Times op-ed section. Yesterday, retired U.S. Supreme Court Justice John Paul Stevens penned an op-ed about gun control. In it, the 97-year-old was one of four unsuccessful dissenters in the, um, in the 2008 District of Columbia versus Heller, in which the Supreme Court determined Second Amendment does, in fact, guarantee a citizen's right to possess firearms for his self-defense. He says we should abolish the Second Amendment. He was appointed by Richard Nixon. Stevens started his career as a Republican, but he quickly led the liberal wing of the Supreme Court, which has been, uh, you know, uh, he's just left a legacy of uh, progressive causes uh, in his in his wake. The media has described him as a conservative, but that's a falsehood. He opposed the District of Columbia versus Heller, which said, you have a right to defend yourself. In the New York Times op-ed, Justice Stevens describes the Second Amendment, which states that a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. He says that's just an old relic of the 18th century. I love this. Your rights are given to you by a higher being. Your rights are not given to you by God. Your right to life, liberty, and property. That's what it was originally. Until Jefferson and others tried to stop the slave trade, they changed property to pursuit of happiness. Did you mean that they're not given to you by government? You said not given to you by God. Oh, yeah, sorry. Not given to you by government. They're given to you by God. So how is it that these rights change? Have humans changed? Do we not need the right for self-protection? Have governments become so good that they're all ruled by better angels 
Now they're, they're, no, they'll never kill anybody. They'll never oppress anyone. They'll never go wrong. It is incredible to me that at the time we trust our government, the least in, at least in my lifetime, we are saying, hey, let's get rid of the guns. At the same time, last time, half the, poli- uh, half the uh, population thought that Obama could go and become a dictator. Now, the other half believes this guy could become a dictator. And we're actually talking about getting rid of guns? He celebrated the high school renegades supposedly at the helm of the impressively in, in, impressively funded March for Our Lives. I don't know how these kids did it. It was really, <laughs> George Soros, really amazing. Stevens claims that the high school protesters, quote, reveal the broad public support for legislation to minimize the risk of mass killings of school children and others in our society. The high school students, Justice Stevens writes, should demand a repeal of the Second Amendment. Good. Let's have that debate. If that's what they want, and it clearly is what they want, then stop hiding behind common sense gun control. Demand the repeal of the Second Amendment. But quite honestly, all they seem to be doing is demanding things. The narrative is becoming familiar. A ragtag band of high schoolers are leading a revolution to go against the gun-toting boogeyman. These kids are too young to see the irony in it. They don't realize that the real boogeymen are the ones telling them what to do and what to say. It's Wednesday, March 28th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, I want to clarify that a little bit. I believe, like David Ogg, I I believe he's not being told what to say. He may be told how to say it. But these kids do believe this stuff. But as as cameras that went out into the crowd found, nobody knows what they're even talking about. Of course not. If we could have an intellectual discussion, no name-calling, but an intellectual discussion, we'd be able to find that out. If CNN would decide to ask them and press them for a little more details... Wait a minute, let's clear up that fact because that's not exactly true. Then we would we would be able to move forward. You know, look, I have I have long said if somebody comes up with a better system, I'm in. You come up with something that is better than the Declaration of Independence and the uh, the Constitution of the United States with the Bill of Rights. If you can come up with something better, I'm in. I'm in. I don't care. I am not loyal to this because, well, it's what I grew up with. I don't care. This is the best system ever devised by man to protect rights. Now, we haven't used it in a long time. It's been used against people over and over again. But I echo the words of Martin Luther King. America, live up to the words that you wrote down on piece of paper. Just do that. Just live those words and we'll be fine. But I am so tired of hearing people say, oh, no, I'm not trying to take your guns away. Really? Then why is there legislation being being uh, offered now? 21 co-signers, the last I checked, in Congress to 
uh, to regulate bullets because bullets aren't in the Second Amendment. Bullets aren't protected. You can infringe on bullets. One of the one of the congressmen, it may have been uh, it may have been Debbie Wasserman Schultz said that she would like to see bullets be five thousand dollars each. Well, that was the uh, sort of the joke about it. Like Chris Rock did a routine about this a long time ago, which I think is what you're referring to, right? Where they had. I'm not sure. I, I, I yeah. know I read that yesterday in a story about Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Yeah. And so that but it's a similar thing. What they're trying to do is increase the the difficulty to acquiring a bullet. They're going to increase the cost. They're going to put on all sorts of background checks on it. They're going to make, they call it a gaping loophole that you can go buy bullets without a background check. Right. Now, you know, this has, of course, been a long-term goal of the uh, anti-Second Amendment crew, which is trying to make, if they can't get guns off, because there's, as they point out, there's no, there's a right to bear arms, yeah, whatever, but there's no right to bear bullets. Ammunition sales should be subject to the same legal requirements as firearm sales, and that includes instant background checks. Closing this ridiculous loophole is a common-sense component of comprehensive strategy to reduce gun violence. Okay, you would have some credibility if you weren't also talking about, you know, you can't repeal the Second Amendment and bullets aren't in the Second Amendment. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're exposing yourself as someone who's saying, I'm just going to use this loophole to choke the Second Amendment to death. And I just want to have an open look. If you're a socialist, if you're a Marxist, if you're an atheist, if you want to repeal the Second Amendment, I don't care. I'm not your enemy. I don't mind talking about it. Let's talk about it. If your ideas are better then convince me. But that's not what's happening. Nobody wants to have that conversation. Oh, right. Nobody will come out and tell the truth. Just tell the truth. You think guns are evil and bad. You think that people shouldn't be trusted with guns, whatever it is. You'd think that the Second Amendment is old, dusty, and it has no place in America. Then make the case and let's have that conversation. Right. As, you're, as you point out. If you want to change this country, you can change this country. However, there is a process that's involved. And I, that's why I prefer the Justice Stevens argument. Come at it honestly. Yep. Come out too. and say, you know what? No more Second Amendment. Me too. I mean, and it's not, you know, Chris Cuomo was on TV today with Rick Santorum. Um, and sent, and Santorum said, you know, people want to overturn the Second Amendment. And Chris Cuomo said, no one's going after the Second Amendment. As appropriate, uh, he pointed out, uh, Santorum pointed out, uh, Justice Stevens is... And for whatever reason, Chris Cuomo's in complete denial over that. No, no, he's not. Yeah, he, he is. is. No, if he thought that the Second Amendment could be overturned, he'd be all for it. He'd be for it. But but people understand you're never going to get rid of the Second Amendment. Actually, Stephen's argument is it's the fastest way to do this. It's not even about like and, and Cuomo's defense is, well, he's not saying uh, he doesn't want any guns. He's just saying the best way to get these new gun laws is to overturn the second amendment because it's the fastest way the fastest way it's i mean it's the only legal way to do it and that's a good thing at least people are thinking that way uh but he's not the only one i mean brett stevens i guess all stevens are against the second amendment but brett stevens who's the uh who's a you know a, a conservative leaning uh columnist for the new york times 
came out and said the same thing. Repeal it. And you know what? If you want the things you want, if you want to do bullet control, if you want to do assault weapons bans, if you want to change the age from 18 to 21, well, you better get in there and start repealing. Because there, as you pointed out, it shall not be infringed. It's like the most... How could they... Let's put it this way. Let's say the founders did want a vision of the Second Amendment that conservatives like. How else could they have done it better? What combination of words could they have come up with that was better than shall not be infringed? They could have taken out a, rel, a well-regulated militia. But that's not what this argument is. And the, well, the well-regulated militia was completely common parlance at the time. No, at the As t- has been pointed out in your book, Control, right. and if many you, others. I understand that. That is the way it was understood. That means the populace. That means the average person. Yep. Okay, but that's not the way they do it now. They should have been mind readers and 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 bigger visionaries than even they were, and saw and thought, you know what, geez. And I say this throughout the Constitution. I contend that everything after the Tenth Amendment, with an exception of taxes and you know when the president dies and uh, prohibition, everything after the Tenth Amendment is oh, geez, really. You need us to spell this out. (laughs) No, you all men are. That includes black people. All (laughs) men are created equal. The next one. Oh, crap. Really? I have to say this. If they're men, they have a right to vote. Oh, geez. Do I really need to say this? All men are created equal. That includes women, you dopes. <laughs> I mean, I swear to you, that's what everything after the 10th Amendment is, unless it's a progressive distortion of our, of our freedom and our Constitution. It's just, man, you people are so stupid that you couldn't read this. You couldn't take what they said. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Why did we change it to pursuit of happiness? So we could end slavery. Why did we have a three-fifths person? So we could end slavery. Hello. I, I, I just, I wish the amendments could talk because everything after the 10th would be screaming at us. You're so stupid. <laughs> it's an insulting document. It really, really is. It is. I, I, you know, but I look at what they're trying to do. Uh, and at the same time, we have important people in the movement, people who attend important marches uh, to, for gun safety and mm. gun control. People like uh, Reverend Al Sharpton's half-brother, Oh, mm. now he had an interesting day uh-huh. because day one it was a, kind of a, a, a two day period here. Day one was anti-gun march. Right. He marched. Day two, he went out for a ride with uh, Brunea Jennings, uh-huh. who's 23 years old. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no, sorry. Well, kind of went for a ride up next to, I should say, Brunea Jennings, who was 23 years old until the person in the car with Reverend Al Sharpton's half brother shot her mm. uh and uh and she is now both of them are now under arrest in involvement in a murder why when Al Sharpton's brother was probably just in the car just to say hey you shouldn't have a gun you shouldn't <laughs> it have a gun does not seem to be his maybe role he here. was saying my gosh you got to get rid of that gun cuz that gun's going to make you do something stupid because they just go off <laughs> 
Maybe that's what was happening. No, I don't think so. Maybe he was just there to prove that guns mm. just go off and kill people, but people don't kill people. Well, it's interesting because uh, he was protesting uh, the Trayvon Martin shooting as well. Mm. Uh, he's been protesting with her, mm. the one who actually pulled the trigger, the woman who pulled the trigger, and he, he were in the car. They've also protested multiple times against guns, and mm. now they've used a gun in a murder allegedly but i but again we should always listen to people like al sharp well you know who we, we also should listen to michael bloomberg chris and, cuomo uh, uh, well i don't know about chris cuomo oh, okay. but mike bloomberg and chuck schumer who if the press would actually do their homework would um would 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 find out that i'm pretty sure they both have a concealed carry permit what uh hmm no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that because they're no, anti-gun. No, I'm no, no, no. Need no, that. they're different. Chuck Schumer conceal carry for something else. No. Is, it, is it just okay Mm-mm. to hide things they're carrying? Nope. Chuck Schumer and Michael Bloomberg, mm. I believe, have a concealed carry permit in New York City, which is almost mm. impossible. Oh yeah, yeah. Unless you're really well connected, or a mayor, or a senator, or a billionaire, then you apparently can get one uh, because you know your life is different. You have threats against your life. Volatility in the stock market, wild swings in Bitcoin, the constant turmoil in Washington. Have you noticed the price of gold? Gold is up. Gold is the hedge against inflation, but it's also the hedge against insanity. When things go volatile... That's when gold starts to really kick in. It does really well in times of volatility because people are looking for a safe haven. Look, I just don't want to lose my money. And so people put their money in gold. This is the way it has always been. That's why I've told you I don't buy it as an investment. I buy it as an insurance policy, an insurance against inflation, and insurance against insanity. And the world looks pretty insane right now. I want you to check out and find out if gold is right for you. Goldline is under um, new ownership, but the same great management and the same uh, and the same service, just better pricing. It's a great time of the year now to start thinking about adding to your IRA. From now through the end of the month, Goldline is offering $750 in free coins when you purchase $25,000 or more using their industry-leading Express IRA program. Call 866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE, or goldline.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Let's go to Jeff in Minnesota. Hello, Jeff. Good morning, Mr. Beck. How are you, sir? I'm I'm very good. How are things in Minnesota? Oh, I tell you, it is so beautiful right now. I bet. It's going to change. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Um, All right. What's up? Well, Glenn, I just wanted to make a comment about weapons. Uh, Weapons have actually two faces. Uh, The first face is the intimidation factor it's a psychological effect of knowing that the other person or other country has the weapon and the second phase is the actual possibility of implementing that weapon for physical harm so when i heard the comment that a weapon had and never used 
doesn't make much sense. That's really not true. Mm. Does that make any sense? Yes, it does. Nuclear weapons have, you know, only been used twice, um, and we hope they're never, ever used again, but they have they have played a big role in keeping the world safe. Yeah, Can- even seeing someone with a gun has a yes. physical and, yes. and psychological effect. Yes. Good. Jeff, thanks for your call. Let me go to Christian, Texas. Hello, Christian. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Since you got... Hey, good morning, and thanks for everything y'all do. So... Since you guys love to practice in the uh, absurdities, why are guns themselves not charged with the crime? I mean, if it's the guns that are killing people, why wasn't, you know, the Bushmaster AR charged with murder? Well, (laughs) obviously it wasn't the person that did it, it was the gun. That's right. But isn't that kind of what some of these, like Remington, is one of the reasons Remington's going out of business is because they have um, uh, been sued so much because of Sandy Hook. Isn't that kind of what they're doing anyway? They're bringing up litigation against the gun manufacturer. So as the gun manufacturer, uh, you know, is is sued, they're basically saying, you're making this gun. It's causing these problems. I understand. I mean, <laughs> but it's just, it's just one of those things to where... But, Nobody. They just want to take the responsibility out of the people that actually do the action for the purposes of a political movement. I mean, he didn't know anything better. He didn't know that gun was going to kill that person. Okay. Right. You know, it was the right. gun that did it. It's it it's, the manufacturer that did it. It is amazing how they they won't they don't want to have anybody take personal responsibility. It's the gun, and yet every NRA member is personally responsible for the killing of children. Have you notice that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you say that like mm-hmm. like it's tiring. I've noticed. Yeah. I've, I've definitely noticed. Back in a minute. Glenn Beck. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck Program. You know, it's amazing to me um, how arrogant science gets how arrogant doctors get how arrogant experts get people like me um you know you have a voice and you become really really arrogant you're like i know what i'm talking about when you really don't know what the hell you're even talking about the more you know the less you know did you hear the news that scientists have now discovered now listen to this the largest organ in the human body yeah There's one in you that you didn't know, and it's the largest one you've got. Stu. Please tell us more about scientific consensus, though. Please tell us more about how you're going to predict the future of the climate a thousand years from now, given the fact that you've had six billion people to look at and didn't realize they had the largest organ in their body hanging out in there. Please, please talk down to us about science for just a bit. But yeah, you're right. It's like, I mean, you know, look, they knew something was there, I guess. And they're now discovering its function and they're discovering that you you kind of expect that with like Pluto planet, not a planet. Can't go there. Right. Hard to tell. Right. You're far away. Can't really visit inside of us. We're dissecting these people all the time. Right. People are people are going into they're having uh, autopsies. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's not like you found a lunchbox. It's not like. Yeah, we didn't even notice that lunchbox sitting there. You know, I mean, it's it's a different kind of organ. 
I guess it's if you their quote is when you actually delve into how people define organs, it sort of runs around one or two ideas. They go through those two ideas and they say this has both. It actually qualifies on both fronts. And this is this is the this is the part of the body that holds everything together. Is that right? Is it the it's a tissue. Right. Uh, And it has uh, I mean, I had. I don't know exactly how to explain it. There's a picture, a helpful picture in the article, okay, which is really just grossing me out looking at it. All right, I don't know. Well, that's not going to help anybody. Stop, but but um, wait, what's the picture? I, I might be able to describe it. Let me see the it picture. It looks kind of like skin to me, but it's a tissue. No, it looks. And the, they say the skin is on top. They say it's bigger than your skin. It's in your body, and they didn't know it was an organ until like yesterday. Okay, this is. Beneath the top layer of skin, mm-hmm. but also in the tissue layers lining the gut, the lungs, the urinary systems, as well as those surrounding blood vessels and the fascia between muscles. But it's going to be 64 degrees in Oklahoma in March of 2918. You know, I can tell you that for a fact. They said, you ready for this? They said discovering this is akin to discovering blood vessels for the first time. Kind of a big deal, right? This uh, this has, I'm just quoting, this has the potential to change our understanding of the human body. Huh. But again, let's make sure we know that your SUV is going to, is going to make, you know, uh, the sea level rise in Bangladesh... At any moment. It's been known that when cancer invades this layer, either in the skin or the viscera, whatever that is, uh, that when it first become able, it's it's then that it first becomes able to spread outside of the organ of where it rose. It's the human body is disgusting. Let's be honest about it. I mean, this is what we really need to learn. It's not amazing. It's gross. Everything about it's disgusting. I, it's I, no, it's really icky. The whole process is icky. The, from birth on, it really never gets good. There's never a moment where you're like, ah, got to have this thing. It's really a disgusting thing that does disgusting things. I have to tell you. I have to tell you. I, there are times that I say I'm glad I have this thing. Really? Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't mean to be gro- vomiting. That is disgusting. It's it is a, disgusting. A revolting process. It is disgusting, but... Once you're through it, don't you don't you say that is no wonder I feel like crap. That is a reversal of this system. The the system is saying something bad. Get it out. And it can reverse the process. It's not built to go that way. It's built to go the other way. I'm familiar. Yes, with that. Right. I mean, I just think it's amazing. What the body can do is amazing. a, A 14 foot centipede is amazing. It's still gross. I, I would agree with you. It's an amazing thing. It's just a disgusting thing. <laughs> it really is in so many different ways. It's not pleasant. I mean, you start off the whole process of 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 you know coming out of this earth is uh, it's just, amazing it's, and disgusting. And and then you know you live and and like things go wrong and you're c- continually expelling things all the time. And then you you know if God forbid you run into a sharp object once, uh, you, there's there's fluids pouring out of you all over the place. And then what happens? You get old and things start getting wrinkly. And then you shrink. You shrink. You actually get shorter. And then you die and decompose. 
I mean, that's not a it's not a not a, it's not a uplifting Sunday afternoon movie. I'll tell you what that. Do you want it? You want to be made out of styrofoam? <laughs> You mean, I'm just in a I mold. Bet. I'm poured into a mold. I come out. I never, ever decay. I mean, can we evolve to a point where, I mean, we're always told how amazing this evolution process is. Like, how about when I walk into a, if there's a little sharp thing coming out of the corner of, of the wall, like a little tack or a nail, can I not be cut? Well, we've uh, been yeah, dealing with that one that's for a long what time. your eyes are for. <laughs> that's what your eyes are for you can get poked in the eye why isn't it more protected? only from running with a stick <laughs> did you not learn that from your mother you don't poke an eye out in mm. any other way you're a kid you're running with a stick you poke an eye out well pencil i mean a pencil's just a glorified stick but yes exactly right mm-hmm. those are the only two ways as we learned from one of the the, the gun protesters the other day john wick only needed a pencil and the thousands of guns he had. May I change the subject? You may. Could we play the audio of the two pilots that reported the UFO? Do we have that, Sarah? Albuquerque, 7 Papa Golf. There was 7 Papa Golf, good. And was there anybody at sun, uh, above us that passed us like 30 seconds ago? There was 7 Papa Golf, negative. Okay. Stop this. The UFO. Yeah. American uh, 1095, uh, let me know if uh, you see anything pass over you here in the next uh, 15 miles. You know if anything passes over? American 1095, affirmative. We had an aircraft in front of you that's uh, 37 that reported something pass over him, and uh, we didn't have any targets, so just uh, let me know if you see anything pass over you. I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't an airplane, but it was the path was going the opposite direction. It's All these American passengers are back there eating their Biscoff cookies, and there's weird things flying over their flights. Okay, so two things come to mind. This could be evidence that there is some hypersonic flight, okay? They could get past all of our, our radar and defenses and everything else. I don't know. I mean, I've read a little bit about scramjet technology. It's been a while, but... The problem with scramjet technology is it, we don't have the alloys that can hold up under that kind of heat to make it go that fast. So is there some sort of because these are coming out a lot lately. Have you noticed that in the last year? The UFO thing is like there have been a lot of weird reports about it. Yeah, right. Is that I mean, is there new technology that we don't know about that is coming out? The answer is probably yes. I and mean, that's certainly true. Whether these whether one has anything to do with the other is unknown. Yes. But I mean, certainly there's a lot. There's always military technology you don't know about. The other is. I mean, I, in my lifetime, I have not heard as much UFO stuff come out from the government as I have heard in the last couple of years. Is it just me? Is that my perception? Could be. We did. We had a guy on who 
who studied them. No, he was the guy who ran the Project Blue Book for yeah. the government. Mm-hmm. And he said, yeah, there's there's a lot more than this. And the government is just starting to, you know, leak it out. Are we being prepared to find out that there is life elsewhere? I mean, I know that sounds crazy and probably is, but it is there is there are an awful lot of these coming out. And maybe it's just my perception. Anybody else perceive that? There, it does seem like there's been an increase in those types of stories. Of course, obviously, there's an increase in media. There's an increase in reporting on these things, on everything. Like there's what? there's also an increased amount of stories of every yes. other topic you can think yes. of. Yes. So it could be that perception. Yes. But I mean, this is audio of two pilots flying separately from each other. I mean, I think we could clearly say that so, they, there actually was something that went over their heads. Right. Right. Whether it was a balloon of some sort, whether if if it was uh, military technology, whether it was something crazier than that, who knows. But the fact that two pilots who've been flying for a really long time didn't recognize it is certainly notable. Can we get somebody credible on? Can we look for? I don't know who that is. I'll get down to Alex Jones right now. Yeah. Yeah, But I'd like to have somebody credible that is not, you know, a flake that's like, oh, yeah, we've we made friends with aliens. It's Bob and Steve. Uh, You know, we have them in a freezer for a while. Bob and Steve alien. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, somebody who has actual credibility on this that that could speculate a little bit on <laughs> that's i don't how, know what. That's how you lose your credibility <laughs> i guess but I, I just think it's i think it's odd and i i believe in extraterrestrial life do you um oh what a waste of space if we're alone what a waste yeah, of space Yeah, you bring that up a lot this is a carl sagan yeah right i mean i only it's only a waste of space if you think like that's the only goal of the universe Right, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean that's the only goal of the universe. There's a lot of stuff going on, so I don't know. Is it a waste of space? I, I mean, it tends to, it serves to reason. I uh, like, it can't I, be the only. Appeals one. to my reason, right? Just there's just so much out there and so much we don't know <coughs> that likely we just there's something going on out there and we don't know about it. I mean, that, that there's a when you play to my numbers side, that's kind of how I feel about yeah. it. You know, there's what are the odds? So many alone? locations, and like you're telling me, one other location didn't have you know friendly circumstances for life. And again, but again, if you're if you're, you know, there's certainly a lot of religious people who believe. Well, you know, I mean, if God's God, why why isn't he telling us more about that in in his books? You know, like <laughs> like why why didn't he mention that at all? Uh, why wasn't he a little bit more clear? That hey, by know, the way, I have other sheep. Maybe yeah, it did. right. It could Where have be. you been? I've got other sheep. I, again, you're, so you're saying there's a planet of sheep, and that's a weird thing to say, but, you know, maybe there is. Sheeple. Sheeple. You've heard of sheeple I've before. Of it's sheeple. a whole planet of sheeple. So I, I don't, I have, let's be honest about it. I have absolutely Neither no do freaking I. idea. Neither do I. I don't buy generally, almost exclusively, I can't think of any exceptions to this. I don't buy the, hey, uh, this guy came down anal probe. I don't uh, buy that. Either. I don't buy any of that. I don't, I don't buy, buy the that. sightings. I don't buy. I agree. I, I'm not. I don't believe in the Roswell's hiding lots of aliens. Uh, you know, like I don't. I don't believe in any of that. So I, I don't believe that because I just don't think that many people could keep that secret. <laughs> no, we suck at it. Yeah, we suck. We suck. Terrible There's no way secrets. we could keep that secret. And it's all out there if you just look for it. It's all out there. Okay, I'm looking for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I <laughs> if you believe every report, there's plenty of stuff out there, right? I mean, like you could easily, if you're the type of person who 
would listen to that audio and say immediately it's definitely a UFO. Well, then there's plenty of stuff out there. Well, it is a UFO. It's an unidentified flying object. So it's unidentified. <laughs> That's true. I, I tend to go towards maybe this is the scramjet technology. This is the, the, the Russian, what they're talking about, or something that we're working on. I tend to, to go there that, you know, we, 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 we got rid of the SR-71. You don't get rid of the SR-71 without a replacement. You just don't get rid of planes before there's a replacement. Right. Now, we, some would say, well, that's satellite. Maybe. Well, but we maybe. also found out about the stealth bomber long before they had, long after they had it. Right. I mean, right. that's, you know, that's right. what we do. Right. Can Joe Biden fly? Could it have been him? I feel like there's a possibility that Joe Biden can fly. Um, if it was if it was kind of weaving and dodging and groping a woman at the same time, <laughs> it's going up to the grope the count, uh, the constellations. Is that possible? <laughs> Every business needs great people, and there is a better way to find them, and it's through ZipRecruiter. You can post your job online, but ZipRecruiter is the smarter way. They built a platform that finds the right job candidates for you because they ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for. And then it goes out and it identifies the people with the right experience. And then it invites them to apply for your job. So it doesn't just post it. It posts it. But then if there's somebody who it goes out and finds and says, you are perfect for this job, you should you should um, inquire about this particular job. It's how they're revolutionizing how people are finding their next hire. 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the first day. And you can try it now for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. You want your next candidate to be the one that's going to really help you take take your company to the next level? ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. Thanks so much for listening to the Glenn Beck program. So a Welch animal lover, animal rights protester, mm-hmm. uh, saw something happen and you, saw some saw an animal being uh, victimized. Oh my gosh. Did saw they... an animal being victimized. Okay. Um, it, uh, it, it was uh, a duckling. Oh my gosh. A duckling uh, had been eaten. Um, a baby duckling? By, by a larger bird. So... Whoa. Now I don't know why they're they're apparently not activists. The birds are never activists about the animal thing. Right. But so to to solve this problem, the animal activist human went in and cut the stomach of the larger bird open to save the duckling. I don't think you understand now <laughs> nature or what it means to protect the animals. The larger bird um, died. Right. But the duckling was saved. Is right. this, so you could have had one bird die, and now instead, thankfully, you had one bird, bird die. die. But the cute one survived. The cute one survived. Glenn Beck Mercury. The IRS has released their annual Dirty Dozen list of tax scams, and phone scams top the list. In the most common scam, callers pose as IRS representatives, tell taxpayers that they owe money and must pay promptly or be subject to punishment, including arrest. Always nice to be threatened with arrest. On the other scams in the list, with during peak, uh, peak tax season, this stuff is, goes, it just gets crazy. 
There are so many threats in today's connected world, and it takes just one weak link for criminals to get in. Good thing new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against threats to your identity and to your devices that you can't easily fix on your own. If you, can, if you have a problem, they have agents that will work to fix it. No one can stop every cyber threat, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But new LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover threats you might otherwise miss. Go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK for an additional 10% off your first year. It's promo code BECK for an additional 10% off at LifeLock.com, 1-800-LIFELOCK. Love. Courage. Truth. Glenn Beck. Well, the latest from Planned Parenthood, if they had their way, the next Disney princess would be one that had an abortion. What are these people? I mean, really? I mean, do you have nothing else to do with your time? This is what a Pennsylvania branch of Planned Parenthood tweeted yesterday. One of the real downsides of social media is the way it often amplifies the uh, random thoughts of the clearly insane. But just when you thought the left couldn't get any crazier, uh, they came through with something even more absurd and upside down. They tweeted, quote, we need a Disney princess who's had an abortion, who's pro-choice, who's an undocumented immigrant, who is actually a union worker. We need a Disney princess who's trans. And you know what? The way Disney is, you might want to get one of those really soon. Um, we're not really sure what they meant by, um, you know, one princess with all of those traits or if they meant four separate princesses. We're not sure. Naturally, the tweet has been deleted because, you know, that keeps everybody from knowing about your crazy tweet. Just a thought here. The Internet is forever. Um. Now, will Disney do this? I mean, you know, imagine the new progressive lunch boxes that they could sell. Uh, I'm surprised, honestly, that they haven't, you know, tried this already. But if you're going to tweet stupid things, at least do your homework first. For example, I believe we could categorize uh, the uh, Little Mermaid as an undocumented immigrant. I mean, and she was kind of sort of trans, wasn't she? I mean, she was fish to human. And Mulan, that whole plot was about her trying to pass herself off as a man. So maybe it's just me, but, you know, the Disney princesses have already kind of gone there a little bit. I don't know. I can't imagine the the fairy tale that would work where the Disney princess is a union worker. But, you know, why not? So why is it that Planned Parenthood is tweeting about abortion in the first place? Because I, I thought they I thought they mainly provided basic female health services, you know, that without federal funding, it would cause women to keel over in the streets because that was the important part of it. So I, I wonder why they're uh, pushing abortions now or or perhaps they've been lying the whole time, by the way. Planned Parenthood, little girls are not pining for a progressive princess because I think little girls tend to love little babies. It's Wednesday, March 28th. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In our studio, we have Tim Ballard, founder and CEO of uh, 
Operation Underground Railroad and the chairman of the Nazarene Fund. And Deandra Simmons, she is a Mercury One ambassador. Uh, she is uh, the chair, her and her husband, at the Mercury One uh, Gala, which is happening November 17th. Uh, and we welcome them both to the studio. Hi. Hey. Hi. How are you? Great. Thank so you. Um, you became an ambassador for for Mercury One. How exactly? Well, my husband, who's um, a photojournalist, is mm-hmm. also he works with Mercury One, mm-hmm. and he got me involved because I knew Suzanne, who was the executive director, still mm-hmm. is, and he told me about what you all were doing to help women and children and persecuted Christians that had been captured by ISIS or mm-hmm. their lives had been affected, and also refugees. Um, the reason I was interested in the story is because I am a survivor of domestic violence, mm. and I felt like if I could go and talk to these women, maybe they would talk to me and tell me their stories, and maybe we could help them, mm-hmm. and I could help translate that story with Suzanne. I was lucky enough to be able to go to Iraq uh, with my husband in September. How was that experience? I say lucky enough. I mean, lucky enough because it was it was a very difficult experience, but something that I feel like I can tell people about this and people in the United States don't understand. They don't even know what a Yazidi is. They don't know that um, about the Assyrian Christians and they don't know what's happening in the Nineveh plain and to see it firsthand. And then the very last day, Glenn, I mean, we were so blessed because the very last day, I remember it was about five or six at night and we got a call and they said, okay, there's a woman that was just rescued. And we we're going to go meet with her. Would you like to come? And so, of course, I mean, downstairs in five minutes, we went there. She did not want to talk to any men. She was completely ashamed. She was hiding her face, hiding her head. She was wanted to basically enter life, had tried to enter life. She was living in a two-room apartment with no furniture. She had no food. She had tea and biscuits, which she offered to us. She made us tea and biscuits when we got there. This This person had nothing. She had a Bible and a rosary. And she was obviously traumatized and shaken up. And this woman had at one point, we thought at the time had been sold about 10 times, but to be honest, she was sold 16 and she was captured in Mosul where she was an educated woman. She was 48 years old. She was working at the university and to be taken up by these monsters and sold 16 times. Can you imagine? I mean, this, it's not, this woman had an experience in life. She was older. She wasn't younger. And I guess she was probably, I would think when she was in captivity, I know a lot of them were held together. She was probably like the mother to some of these girls, but she was raped repeatedly. The first man, man that bought her was a preacher, an ISIS preacher. So can you imagine? So he would go preach in the mosque and then rape her repeatedly. Then he also would give her cortisone injections and he would also give her the um, after, morning after pill saying it was birth control. Well, that actually affected her eyesight. So she has severe problems with her eyesight. At one point, she jumped off of a three-story building to avoid being raped by another man and broke her feet, her legs, and her back. Oh, my gosh. And she was cleaning houses for 25 people and preparing food, right, I mean, basically crawling around on the floor and cast on her legs. And this went on for about three years. Um, the end of her story, she was finally sold to somebody that sold her to someone um, that got her out. So that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, Mm. So she did get out. Um, When we met with her, she had just recently been freed and she had been um, uh, liberated by another organization. So Mercury One uh, took her case in and gave her food, gave gave her 
you know, money and then helped her. Now she's going to immigrate to Australia. Hmm. They've given her counseling, obviously medical treatment. I mean, the first thing she said to me, and I remember when I talked to her and I, I went about it like this. Suzanne talked to her first and then I said to her, I said, I am a survivor of domestic violence and they were translating. She doesn't speak um, English. And I said, so I know pain. I don't know the kind of pain and what you went through, but I do know what it's like to be tortured and to be um, raped and treated in the way that you were treated, but not in captivity. I didn't want her to think I was marginalizing her experience, but she said to me with tears running down her face, she said, I know that you understand because I can see it in your eyes that you've been through something traumatic. So to be able to have that experience with her and then we we talked to her and she, she started opening up. She has since had medical attention, but she's going to have to have a lot of female medical attention, which will be done in Australia. Basically, Mercury One has dealt with her, you know, physical injuries with regards to her breaking her legs and her back and her, her feet and everything. <sighs> what I always do with the people I meet with, I always say, do you mind if I pray with you? And she was so willing to have us pray with her. And I just prayed that God would protect her and that he would give her hope. She was, I mean, she had, this is the most horrific view or image I have of being in that apartment. She still had that burqa hanging up, was hanging up from the ceiling in the corner. I don't know if she thought, well, I may have to go back. I mean, I may better keep this in case somebody captures yeah. me again. I mean, the whole apartment, every window was covered. She couldn't go out. She was in hiding. To live like that, 24 hours a day in hiding and you can't go out of your, your apartment and to go to the, the store or something, you have to be careful. I mean, it's just, she had no friends. She has no one. She's completely alone. She has no family that will take her in. She tried to go back to her family, but her family, of course, is a shame. So they won't take her in. So these women are trying to go back home to the relatives they have left and they're not taking them in because they've, you know, they're a scourge on the family or disgrace to the family, which that's a whole different story of education. I tried it's, to, yeah. It's so bizarre that these are, um, I mean, the, the culture is so different mm -hmm. and here are good, faithful Christians, but the culture, I mean, to even have the conversation that you had with her, mm -hmm. It shouldn't have been had in that culture. Two women talking about this shouldn't have been happening. And it's it. I mean, these women, if if Mercury one or others don't get in, they're going to kill themselves because right. they have no place to go and to heal none. That was my big fear is that when we left, she wouldn't be able to hold on until we got help to her and repeated help and counseling my biggest fear for her because i know i've been there i know how bad it is when you're in a situation that's so abusive that you don't think you can go on and i i said to suzanne i said i don't know if this woman is going to make it i mean i know she's a christian and luckily and i'm a christian as well the christian faith you have a chance and you you don't feel like that's an option most times but when you've been in that desperate kind of situation i mean you just never know but I'm so glad now she's going to go to Australia. She's an educated woman. She's um, a woman that deserves another chance. I hope she makes friends over there and meets people that really embrace her and take her in. And I know that Mercury One is working on that and working towards that effort. But I just want to say that I applaud you for what you're doing because I didn't know. I was not educated. We do not talk about that in this country. Mm -hmm. We talk about that, you know, in a very small, oh, this thing is happening over there, but it doesn't affect us, so we don't need to worry about it. It does affect us. We do need to worry about the violence that these children are seeing when they're in captivity is destroying an entire generation after them and the generation after that after them as well. 
this needs to be stopped. They'd have to be counseled and rehabilitated. I mean, I even tried to talk to the Yazidi prince and say, you need to take these people back, these families. You have to be the leader. You know, that didn't go over so well. (laughs) (laughs) And I believe that we have, we probably shouldn't get on uh, on that, but I, um, well, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I did did make my case, though. (laughs) Yeah, good, good. Um, When you first said you went over there, um, you were emotional. Mm -hmm. Why? What what was, was it the woman or... What was it that moved you when you first started telling me this story? Of course, when you're going to meet with somebody who's also been through trauma, it brings up your trauma. But her trauma was so much more intense than what I went, my little problem. I'm calling it my little problem now because it's nothing like what she experienced. And to, I don't even know, Glenn, I really don't know how I would have lived through that situation. I don't think I could have. I mean, the fact that these women could live through this situation, have the strength that they have. And I I don't, I don't, I don't think since we come from such a privileged postural society and everything, I don't think that most women in America could deal with this, honestly. Mm. So that's, that made me very emotional for her to talk about her story and share her story uh, with us. And I've since read a lot of books about these women and the experiences they've had. They're incredible, aren't they? Oh my God. I just, I can't imagine. So, and it, the, it kind of makes your faith feel a little hollow mm-hmm. here in America, doesn't it? Yes, it does. You're kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm a good Christian. You get over there and you're like, oh, my gosh. No, I'm, I mean, ooh, I don't even know if I'm Christian compared mm-hmm. to these people. That's, my faith would have been tested. I'm telling you, my faith would definitely have been tested had I lived through something like that. And um, the fact that she's still a Christian and she had her Bible and she was praying and had her rosary was such a testament to her belief system and that was a real testament to me as a Christian as to, I, I need to step up, step it up. <laughs> mm. um, Tim, tell me about your good news. Yeah, you know, an amazing thing happened a couple of days ago. Um, the very first operation that, we, that Operation Underground Railroad ever did, uh, that you, that your people, your audience funded this operation, uh, we went looking for that little boy, for the mm-hmm. little boy, the little boy Gardy in, in Haiti, in Port-au-Prince, mm-hmm. and found this horrible trafficking center that was... That looked like an adopt, like like an orphanage, but of course it wasn't. It was a trafficking center. Went in there and bought these two little children. And we've talked about this story. There's a documentary about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, those two little kids um, really bonded with my wife and myself in the aftercare phases of the whole thing. And and we decided three years ago to adopt them. And it's been a long, difficult process. We're, we're trying to fix some of these adoption things. I know you talked about that on your show last week. Mm-hmm. We need to talk more about how we need to fix this. But we we broke through the bureaucracy and. And they came home three days ago. Wow. And they are so happy. They're so excited. Um, my, my son actually did a little video. We're going to show, we're going to show this video on TV um, <laughs> and uh, we'll uh, share it online, but yeah, cute kids, beautiful kids. And they're just, they're so grateful to be, to be out of that situation and, and, and in a place it's, it's the ultimate kind of aftercare story, you know, just heartwarming. If you want to help um, fund these projects and help um, rescue people um, and bring them out, literally out of slavery and out of darkness, you want to help the Christians and the Yazidis that have been um, feasted on by evil in the Middle East and the uh, ISIS, and now we have Iran and everybody else that likes to feast on them, uh, and also all of the children, the women, and the um, the kids that are in sex slavery all around the world, please 
please get involved and become an abolitionist. And you could do that uh, at um, the Nazarene Fund dot org or our rescue dot org. Make sure you join us five bucks a month. Abraham Lincoln's face is on that five dollar bill. The ultimate abolitionist. Join the new abolitionists now. Do it at the Nazarene Fund dot org or OURRescue.org. If you've ever taken your car in for an oil change, the mechanic finds something wrong, you're like, oh crap, don't surprise me with that. How much is it going to cost? You don't have to worry if you have Car Shield. Car Shield for those unexpected surprises. If you have a car that is 5,000 to 150,000 miles and don't have warranty on it now, you can, uh, a sensor, a, a blown sensor can cost you, you know, 800 bucks, $5,000. It's amazing what it costs to fix your car now, and you can't do a lot of it yourself. Now, with Car Shield, they take all of the pain out. You can have your favorite mechanic or the dealership do all of the work. It's your choice. They provide 24-7 roadside assistance and a rental car while yours is in the shop being fixed, and it's all free. So if you don't have the warranty on your car, get Car Shield. Car Shield. Get covered by the ultimate in extended vehicle protection. I have it for my trucks on the farm. If anything goes wrong, I'm covered. 800 car 6100 800 car 6100 that's carshield.com promo code back to save 10% promo code back at carshield.com deductibles may apply Glenn Beck Mercury Glenn Beck you know it's, it's amazing the real high, the real housewives of Dallas are now behind the Nazarene fund they're and and I think they're going to Australia they've asked me to, they've asked me to go with them to Australia uh, as uh, Mercury one brings in uh, more of the Christian refugees into Australia Australia has been amazing by the way uh, in their help they have just been incredible it's pretty cool thing pretty cool thing and they've done cool. so much great work you know uh, it's cool to see uh, people who are more liked than you get involved. You know, it's it's good to see that they have someone representing them now that people actually enjoy. It's a great turn of events. I a great group. I, I didn't. Uh, don't think I follow you there. You know, it's it's good to find that they they found someone that you know not is isn't universally despised, and that's a great yeah. it's a great move for a charity. You know, you want to yeah. make sure. You, you yeah. Okay, people. I got it. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> Okay. I got it. I got it. I got it. Thank yeah, you. Great. You see, um, you know, California. Oh my gosh, California is insane. Uh, California, the 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 census. Um, you know, the Californians have, have said, you know, you can't you can't ask people if they're citizens. Um, however, in the two thousand U.S. census, um, it, it 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 asked if you were a citizen of the United States. You're born in the United States, yes. Born in Puerto Rico, Guam, U.S. Virgin Islands, um, or Northern Marianas, yes. Born abroad of American parents uh, or parent, yes. U.S. citizen by naturalization, or no, not a citizen of the United States. That was the 2000. 
senses. It's interesting because we, we heard a clip uh, about, I think it was Brian Stelter who was on, and they were, and he was getting some criticism about, uh, he was interviewing the gun children, the, mm-hmm. uh, the mm-hmm. Parkland survivors, and he, and he said, you know, I pushed back on some of the things, or one thing that they said, but I didn't on another. Because I was trying to find a balance between how much am I going to be pushing back and interrupting and, say, and try to get them to clarify their facts. You know, they're 17-year-olds. They've gone mm-hmm. through a tragedy. It's 10 days after it. Uh-huh. You know, maybe I shouldn't do that. And that was kind of a controversial thing. I will say CNN had no such qualms when they came out of the uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders press conference after she talked about the census because what she says was it's been in the census many times since 1965 it's not a big deal we're putting it back in Mm -hmm. and they came out and said no it has not been in the census she's wrong on it It hasn't been in the census since the 50s and it was in one survey i guess that's what she's referring to well because there's a long-form census and a shorter form census and in the long-form census the clue the question was included they got it wrong. I don't know if they fact-checked themselves after that, but no, I suspect I, no, probably I, not. Yeah, no. They no. I, they might have fact-checked, but they corrected that at 3 a.m. Okay. Eastern. <laughs> Glenn Beck. Mercury. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to Pat Gray from uh, Pat Gray Unleashed, which follows this program on most of this network. Everybody does. Yeah, it's great. Everybody does. They're all talking about it. Every day. I love it. You know, it's it's embarrassing to me, but a lot of people have called it the greatest show ever done. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I hate to bring that, that up myself. Yeah. But, that's, uh, yeah. you know. But hey, you got to do it. A fact is a fact. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So. We're not going to argue with facts. Right. So. Uh, Pat, first of all, did you did you watch uh, Roseanne uh, last night? I'm sorry, I missed it. Actually, you're I'm one not. of the few that <laughs> that didn't see it. It it came out yesterday. The ratings are astonishing. It's pretty amazing. Eighteen million people watched that. Those numbers do not happen in commercial television anymore. Eighteen mm-hmm. million people watched it. I think there's a gigantic curiosity factor because it's been it's been twenty. More than twenty years since but, it was on. But have we forgotten who she is? She's a communist. Oh, she she yeah. was calling for either the beheading or I think the hanging of the bankers, and she wasn't joking. Right. She was serious. Right. She actually ran, I believe, one year as the Communist Party's nominee. Right. Yeah, it was technically the Peace and Freedom Party, Peace which is a communist party, okay. socialist party. I mean, you listen to her. I was looking back at her uh, platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of the commercial breaks here. Mm-hmm. Uh, she uh, is going to work uh, persistently on behalf of the unions. Uh, she persistently on behalf of women's and women and their issues in the workplace and their reproductive rights. <laughs> Single payer health care. Mm. Um, let's see what else. She uh, talks about the Federal Reserve. She's anti-Federal Reserve. Um, she says, so are we though? Yep. Um, she opposes wars that are supposedly necessary for our security, but that go on forever and stink of oh, profiteering. We all love war. Oh, well, so that's, that's true. A complete difference that we have. With <laughs> that's her. true. I forgot about We're that. We're always pushing for war. And she, uh, she <laughs> delivered speeches in front of the white house, um, on day one of Occupy Wall Street. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I mean, total was, Trump. Was and now completely. she's a Trump fan. How <laughs> yeah. did that, what? So weird. How does that line up? I don't up? know, but listen to... Can, can we play the audio, please, from last night? I thought this was the most important section where she is she is talking to her sister, Jackie, who it, did not vote uh, for Donald Trump. Just play the part where, mm. where Jackie says, how could you have voted for Donald Trump? Listen to this. How could you have voted for Donald Trump? 
could you have voted for him, Roseanne? He talked about jobs, Jackie. He said he'd shake things up. I mean, this might come as a complete shock to you, but we almost lost our house the way things are going. Have you looked at the news? Because now things are worse. Not on the real news. Oh, holy! That connects. It that does. Connects. Yeah, it does. It does. You know, and 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 not the real news part alone. Uh, that's a good laugh line. But the part where she is sincerely saying, "A lot of us lo- lost our house, or are about to lose our house." I think that's a real conversation. Oh, the, I think this is absolutely I think it's real. a real conversation she between is, the two of them. Yep, she has. It probably is. Mm-hmm. Probably is. And it was a lot of politics in these episodes. It reminded me it really? of of like wow. All in the Family or at Last Man Standing, where like a lot of the a lot of the conflict in the show was the conflict between uh, Roseanne and her sister, who you know she, she, you know that clip goes on. You know they were going to say a prayer, and Roseanne asks her if she wants to take a knee during the prayer. <laughs> Can you play play that? It's a great line. I don't, play. I don't know. If, Do we have it or not? Yeah, but uh, there's a uh, you know they went back and forth. <laughs> it's funny. Actually. It was actually it was actually I didn't huh. I didn't like Roseanne back in the I day. I was either. not a fan. I did. Um, I thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean you know there were moments of it though that were good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's funny they had a lot of weird things in the series too because the last season I'm, now I'm looking back at this the last season of the series which is the ninth season uh, featured it was completely different than the whole rest of the series. They went from like crazy. It was all like weird fantasies. They won the lottery. They went. They were like in weird like movie plots. It was really strange, mm. and no one knew what the hell was going on. And then the last episode, they said she basically she came out. She's like, yeah, I mean, I've been living in this fantasy world ever since uh, Dan died. And like, wait, what? And he died. <laughs> wait, what? He died of a heart attack, and that's like how the series ended. He was dead. So this wow. one, they, they come back, and he, you know, he's there. <laughs> Obviously, now suddenly alive, and they played on all of these ridiculous like inconsistencies. And he's like, "I, you know, everyone always thinks I'm dead when I'm asleep. I'm just, I'm just asleep." And like they had in the in the Roseanne original series, they had two Weird. actresses playing the same daughter, like one for the first half, and then that she left, and the other one picked it up. They yeah. had both of them come back, one as the daughter, and one as a completely different role in the series like they did stuff like that it was pretty funny but it went back to politics over and over and over again she said make america great again in her prayer <laughs> like it's really it's like wow. she's a super yeah. trump uh, supporter wow but that's consistent though with the roseanne character yeah roseanne is. that that character would be that person that that rang so true when she said you know a lot of people don't have it good a lot of people you know almost lost their house a few years ago that just rings so true mm-hmm. that it, mm-hmm. it's consistent. It's it's not a betrayal of the character. It's interesting it, to see Roseanne, huge Trump fan, and Coulter now huge Trump opponent. Yeah, what did she, what, what did she call him? Shallow, lazy ignoramus. Yeah, she she said uh, uh, again. This is no, this I, is the woman who wrote in, in Trump, Trump we, we trust. trust. E pluribus awesome. <laughs> now, wow! So now bad. he's shallow, lazy, and an wow. ignoramus. Did you hear wow. the, uh, when the Stormy Daniels thing happened? She said uh, apparently Stormy Daniels and her only had, uh, and, and Trump only had sex once. Um, and then she said uh, apparently to get screwed by Trump over and over again, you have to be one of his voters. Ooh, wow! Oh my gosh! I mean, she. So who is she playing she, to now? Uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, Ann Coulter is a. I don't a, know that she cares. Yeah, and she, she's a one-issue person. And yeah, the fact, seriously, she what? helped write Trump's what? initial uh, border security uh, release, press release. 
and uh, she wants that wall. And, you know, there's yeah. been so do yeah, I. You know, wow. writing a press release shouldn't make you a fan of the president. Maybe writing and passing the actual law yeah. should make you the fan. Maybe she should have looked a little deeper into him to begin with. That could have helped temper her enthusiasm, uh, replacing God with Trump in that phrase. Well, uh, but might you know have what? helped her understand maybe that's not appropriate. Jeff I Sessions, know. I mean, if you looked at that, Jeff Sessions... You know, he was he was on board and he's really, really, you know, border hawk as well. So we'll see. It's gone in a strange, uh, a strange direction, although many things have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, Roseanne being for the Republican in real life. That's, that's strange. A, that's, that's a strange. strange thing. That's strange. That's a strange thing. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, we've seen really strange things on Twitter lately as well. Well, Planned Parenthood is asking for, mm-hmm. have you seen this about the Disney princesses? Y- yeah, they, yeah, they want a Disney princess that's had an abortion. Yeah. Don't, I, I mean, I, I think it's finally time to, you know, maybe bring Disney princesses into, into real life situations. Mm-hmm. We're going to go adult, though. I don't think that's enough. Just an abortion. So what? What if you had a Disney princess who gets her head lopped off by a terrorist? <laughs> What if you did? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> an interesting twist. Well, or, it'd, be a, it'd be like a Nazi or a white supremacist or something. Yeah, it would turn out to be that. Yeah, it would have to. Initially, yeah. you would suspect Islamic terror. <laughs> right. But then it turned no, out no, to no, be no. a neo-Nazi. And then yeah, it yeah, would yeah, be yeah. really, in re- the real thing was an oil executive who was right. pulling this string <laughs> the whole right. time. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. Or maybe a Disney princess who doesn't necessarily sing and dance. Instead, she's suffering from severe depression. And commit suicide on Facebook. <laughs> what, what about that? <laughs> great. That's Wouldn't that good. be a great wow. adult theme? Yeah, I, I, I like didn't that. like it until you threw Facebook <laughs> yeah. in it. Then I'm like, right? oh, wow. I think you then, do have an extra scene with her performing on Facebook. I do kind of like that now. Now you're talking about a powerful Disney movie. Yeah. You're not just a yeah. bunch of fluff. Right. That's what I like. Right. Maybe Aladdin comes into Jasmine. Mm-hmm. With a suicide belt and blows up the whole palace, <laughs> right. including the two of them. Right. Right. Something like that. It would still be an oil executive pulling uh, still, the strings, yes. right? Aladdin, okay. you thinking, okay. oh my gosh, there you go. Oh, yeah. You're stereotyping the uh, right. the Islamic world. Nope, he's from ExxonMobil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shortly before he blows himself up, he mm-hmm. actually gets a job with ExxonMobil. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and he was they who convince him yeah. to kill Jasmine. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I think we're ready for this. I think if we're really we're ready, ready for it, the Disney princesses should all wear burkas. <laughs> At least the ones in the Middle East. They should all they, you should children in the Middle East should be allowed to at least watch these movies because the yes. Disney princesses, you know, aren't dressed, you know, in provocative ways. I think the next Disney princess, if there's another Aladdin, you need to only be able to see their eyes through lace, <laughs> really thick lace. Thanks, Pat. You want your home sold on time and for the most amount of money without all sorts of excuses, then I have an answer for you. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Realestateagentsitrust.com. I mean, when you're selling a house or you're buying a house, especially if you're moving to a new area, you don't know who to trust. I mean, you, you, you don't want somebody just to take your house and, you know, get it so somebody else doesn't get it. But then they don't really put the time in to sell your house. There's over a thousand agents all over America who are just like you. Their word um, is their bond. They are fans of the show and they share your sensibilities. The agents are fully vet and handpicked for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. 
Do they actually sell the homes quickly? Do they get the most amount of money for those homes? Thousands of families have already put realestateagentsitrust.com to the test, and the results are pretty remarkable. Check it out yourself at realestateagentsitrust.com. Whether you're buying, you're selling, whether you're doing it locally or across the country, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now. Buy or sell on time. If you're buying for the least amount of money, if you're selling for the most amount of money, it's realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck Mercury. Glenn Beck. So glad you've tuned in today. Thank you so much. Uh, we played some audio a little while ago. I, I find this uh, fascinating audio. This is uh, between Albuquerque Center, which is uh, the um, the you know the flight control for that part of the country, and uh, three airline pilots. And I want you to I want you to listen to this audio. Albuquerque, seven one Papa Golf. Number seven one Papa Golf. Good. And was there anybody that's uh, above us that passed us like thirty seconds ago? Number seven one Papa Golf. Negative. Okay. Stop this. A UFO. Yeah. American uh, 1095, uh, let me know if uh, you see anything pass over you here in the next uh, 15 miles. You know if anything passes over? American 1095, affirmative. We had an aircraft in front of you that's uh, 37 that reported something pass over him, and uh, we didn't have any targets, so just uh, let me know if you see anything pass over you. I, I don't know what it was. It wasn't an airplane, but it was the path was going the opposite direction. It's This is at about 40,000 feet, at least 40,000 feet, going in the opposite direction and not being picked up by radar. And uh, two pilots verified that they had seen it. Bruce in Tennessee, a re- retired pilot of 35 years. Hello, Bruce. Hey, Glenn. How are you? Good. What do you, what, Does that happen very often? Yeah, you see stuff all the time that's unidentified and flying, just like you mentioned before. Uh, so, but some, some, some things are a little bit more unusual than others though. Have you had this experience? Yeah, this happened a number of years ago. It was in the middle of the night and I say middle of the night's around two o'clock in the morning and we heard some air refueling in the area. And, uh, prior military, you always, your ears perk up when you hear that. And, um, <clears throat> so we listened to it and next thing we know, we looked down at the TCAS, which is a, a little, it's almost like a radar, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's, I think it's traffic collision avoidance system or something. And it'll, it'll point out aircraft above and below you, 1,500 feet, 2,000. And uh, normally you'll see these little targets out there, and they'll tell you if they're descending or climbing mm-hmm. or, or level. And uh, But we saw one, and normally they come at you, or you'll see them pop in from the sides. We saw one on this thing. It came from behind us, overtook us. And I'm telling you, this thing just went tick, 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 tick at a real high rate of speed. We looked up. 
we couldn't see anything, but we found it unusual because uh, we kind of calculated, you know, napkin, back of the napkin calculation. It was in the, I'll just say, thousands of miles per hour type of uh, speed, or not knots, actually. And then we looked at each other, and then we asked ATC, uh, is there any refueling in the air? Just confirming. Says yes. Says uh, what are they refueling out there? If stand by, I'll, I'll uh, get back with you. And uh, he never got back to us. So what do you think that was? A a, it, a military aircraft of some sort? Uh, it was either an anomaly, which you normally, you know, you look down and you might see something pop up uh, on the screen momentarily. It might be outside the altitude parameters. It may be picking up something, you know, maybe outside those, but it's it's probably there. But uh, the way this thing, it stayed, uh, the the, uh, the image or that you see on the screen, mm-hmm. it stayed there and it tracked from behind us, uh, in front of us. So, I mean, if it was probably, it could have been a military, more than likely was, and, and there's all kinds of black operations uh that go on all the time. But now, whether or not the speed was that fast, I don't know what we calculated, but uh, it certainly was fast on the TCAS. Bruce, it's my understanding that we don't have scramjet technology, which takes us to really hypersonic speeds um, because we don't have an alloy that could hold up against that kind of pressure and heat. Uh, Is that accurate? Do you know? Uh, I'm an anthropology major, not a uh, rocket scientist. Okay. No, I'm sure we do have some. We we tried some. Uh, uh, I forgot who makes it, but it's a cool looking uh, uh, vehicle which is launched from underneath a B fifty two. They haven't had any successful flights yet, but maybe a controllability problem. But um, you know, as you know, you know they could say they don't have it. But there's mm-hmm. there's yeah. a lot of alloys out there that we yeah. don't really understand. Bruce, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. God bless. See you tonight at 5 o'clock on The Blaze TV. That's theblaze.com slash TV. Join us, 5 o'clock Eastern. Glenn Beck Mercury.